it's your girl Kiana Tay, and you are listening to the Somewhere Between Hennessy and Holy Water podcast. Hey, y'all. <laughs> so I wanted to take some time to sit down and discuss a topic that in recent days have it has been continuously popping up in not only my personal life but in my professional life and tonight I want to talk about my favorite f word at the moment (laughs) finances keep in mind this wasn't always my favorite F word of choice. <laughs> um, but in recent days, um, in my professional life, as well as in my personal life, I found myself having a discussion with my friends, family, co-workers, colleagues, and mentees about finances. So I think it's a worthy topic to share with a broader audience. So I want to give you some context of where this originally started from. Um, in the past months, if you follow me on the internet, <laughs> on Instagram at I am you've probably seen a previous corporate thug and rant that I had around salary negotiations in which I share a few tips and tricks to help others when they go for their next salary negotiation. And one of the things that I said in conclusion in that rant was that I have observed from the people that I mentor in my organization that most of the objections that I get about why people do not negotiate their salary is because they have a uncomfortable relationship when it comes to talking about money or finances. And in some cases, that unhealthy relationship with discussing money or that uh, fear of discussing finances or money comes from the household. And that's what I observed. Um, And the last day or two, I posted a poll and I asked uh, the people that follow me on social media, was finances discussed in your house growing up? And I gave examples like credit and money management, etc. Surprisingly, 50% said yes. Finances was discussed in their household and 50% said no, like they did not discuss finances in their home at all. And looking at that list um, of the people that answered, 90% of them are working professionals. So that sparked a question in me, like, I wonder how that affected them when it came to talking about finances in their professional life aka salary negotiations and what I mean by that is that 
Fear of discussing finances could impact you professionally. And I, I want to give a really quick example of what I, I mean. Um, most cases, there are other elements that do go into effect when um, someone cannot successfully negotiate a salary, but I'm just going to focus on the fear of discussing finances. If you have grown up in a household where finances was not discussed uh, and you did not talk about finances, you're going to be very uncomfortable when you're going to a new position or a job and they give you the first offer, you might be more inclined to just take it because you're a, you don't want to talk about it. You probably are not educated enough about uh, the market and like what's the going rate and all those other things. So it literally can be the difference between a $20,000 sale versus a $40,000 sale. And where that comes from is most businesses have their budget set for what they would pay for a client. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, say, for example, I was making $10,000 in my current role and I look for a new role in a different organization. And I'm one of those people who have not, you know, I'm real uncomfortable when it talks about money. Um, so I go into this new role and unbeknownst to me, this organization already has a budget for onboarding a new employee with my skills, education, etc. And this company is looking at spending about $40,000 for this new employee, right? So said employee, me, example, go into the interview uneducated and with a fear of discussing finances. And in most cases, um, someone who's uncomfortable discussing money, um, they might say, you know what? I'm making $10,000 at my current role. As long as it's more than I'm making at my current role, I'll take it. That's probably the thought process. And so you go into this meeting and of course, the trap, which I also talked about in my rant, uh, they ask you, how much do you wanna get paid? And someone who's not educated with um, how to finesse, how they try to finesse you in an interview, you might give your number upfront when you really should wait. Someone could say, you know what? I was making 10,000 at my last job. I'll ask for 15,000 because it's more than I was making at my other job, right? So the employees are like, yeah, let's do it because they already had a budget amount of 40,000 and you telling them you're willing to take 15. You walk away thinking it's a win, but you really missed out on that that other money that could have gotten you closer to what they were willing to spend for you, if that makes sense. So from 40,000, you think you walked away with a win because you're moving away with 15,000. And those are just some of the examples um, that I observed when it comes to salary negotiation. Sometimes um, in those situations, the person will tell me like, yeah, I'm making more than um, I was making at my other job. I'm, I'm making 15,000. And I'm like, okay, but do you know they were willing to give you 40,000? And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they were willing to give you 40,000. That's the going rate when you look at your skills and what other people have been um, 
receive for that paint for that same job, they're looking at 40,000. So you actually lost money on the back end because you didn't ask for what you should have. And I say that to say most people who have a fear of discussing money and finances, that could be the situation. Not saying that it's always the situation, but those are some of the factors that I have observed um, in my organization as a mentor to uh, other employees. Now, that's how the fear of finances can affect you professionally. But personally, it can affect you as well because it might create that unhealthy relationship when it comes to money um, and finances and credit and all that good stuff. Um, I just always wondered that, like, how does that translate um, for working professionals now? How many my colleagues? Anyway. When I talk about finances, um, there's a couple of things that we know for sure. You know, we all make mistakes when it comes to finances. And I think I might entitle this podcast, Shit Our Parents Didn't Tell Us About Money. Or not even money, finances. Shit Our Parents Didn't Tell Us About Finances. And let's face it, our parents don't tell us a lot of shit. Um... (laughs) I, in this last week, have had several conversations with my mom, my siblings, my friends, um, and we all have horror stories of our first encounters with credit and money and finance management. Um, But also keeping in mind that our parents can only teach us on the level in which they can understand. So a lot of times it's up to us to unlearn and relearn and other ways to manage our our finances. Um, A lot of times we have a fear, you know, of finances and talking about it because we never discussed it in the home. And I know me in particular, once I started to get better with my finances, I realized that it's really a mindset about money. Um, Some things that we never learned in my home per se was like save 10% of your earnings. Like that wasn't discussed early on in my home. Uh, Credit utilization, um, investing your money. These are conversations that did not come up in my household at all. And because of it, (laughs) I made some pretty hefty mistakes, I will say. And the reason I feel this is important to discuss is because many times as young women, we are always taught or kind of positioned to want to marry someone rich. Like, oh girl, you need to marry a rich husband or find someone with a lot of money. And I'm thinking to myself, like that is the wrong way to teach young girls because why don't we prepare them to be able to sustain their self or educate them on how to do so? You even run into older women who their husband leads the finances and whatever the case may be. So they're not even educated on like how things are paid or what bills are due. So it can affect all of us. Me personally, I think every woman needs to have some fuck you money. And when I say fuck you money, I mean... (laughs) Like, in case shit goes left and this motherfucker gets stupid, you need to have someone to be like, fuck you, I'm out. You know, a little stash for yourself. That may be too vulgar, but 
you already know what it is um yeah so that's why i want to talk about finances and i have some things that have helped me uh, manage my finances but i really want to give you guys a quick overview of why okay um for starters i am not a financial advisor or a financial expert at all okay i do have experience with being broke though a firsthand one-on-one experience with being broke i do have that um so i get that very well what it feels like to be broke um and because of being broke and wanting to change my mindset i did my due diligence to look for ways to get me out of my situation the biggest thing is um this is my relationship with money because it was not discussed to me or talked about in my home my household or anything like that when i left from high school to go to college my credit was a shit show first of all okay no one tells you right in college is another financial shit show anyway um we won't go into that but you know most college students when you go away to college imagine coming from a household where finances were not discussed with you at all or money management and you get on campus and you see all of these banks offering you credit cards right you have banks that are offering lines of credit and in exchange for you applying for a credit card you get let's say a starbucks gift card or a papa john's gift card and for college students that's an easy win because a we're always hungry as college students so it's very appetizing and for someone who is recently on their own and has no prior knowledge of how to manage their finances that could be a very dangerous territory and it was for me um I actually paid for all of my higher education. Um, My parents didn't pay for it. So that's why I had to really get um, a handle on my finances because I was handling everything on my own. And when I went to school, um, I did not have a credit card in high school at all. And I remember I had a fear of credit. Like only thing I knew was like, don't get a credit card. You don't want to get no credit card. Don't credit. Don't get too many credit cards. Like it was just like this underlying fear that my parents put on me. Like don't get no credit cards. You don't want that. You don't want to deal with that. And I guess it's because of their experience with credit that they were projecting that onto me. And in return, I was scared shitless to get a credit card. But I was paying for everything on my own, and I was like, listen, I'm gonna need money for like things. And I remember I couldn't afford a book and they told me like, oh, you should get a credit card and you could just put your book on the credit card. And um, so I opened up a credit card. (laughs) At the time, my credit card was like $300. And I know that's not a lot, but it was something and I didn't care. And I remember saying, I'm only going to use this card in case of emergencies because I had a full-time job the whole time I was an undergrad. And I'm like, I'm only going to use this card in case of emergencies. And let's face it, as a college student, paying all your bills on your own and commuting back and forth, you think everything is an emergency at that point in your life because shit is going down. Okay, you need money. But that's not what I use my card for. 
and please don't judge me because I know this part is about to get real ghetto. So there was this party <laughs> and it was this NBA themed party and my school was in the city of course and I had to have a a jersey like a authentic jersey from the nba store i wanted to make it into a jersey dress because it was an nba themed party and so i remember going into the nba store on fifth avenue and using my credit card to buy this jersey dress because i needed to have a jersey dress and i went up there and damn near maxed out my credit card on a jersey dress my child the credit card is only 300 dollars now, in hindsight, I'm like, first of all, if I couldn't afford the jersey, like, why was I even paying for it? But in your younger days, you really don't have the priorities you need to really manage your credit. And so my mindset, which is different when it came to credit, I was new. I didn't know. I was very green. So I had no prior knowledge. And this was my first introduction into managing my finances and credit. So after that, I purchased it. And of course, I looked cute at the party. And <laughs> um, I was the bomb. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, I did not take into account how to manage my finances. So even though I put that charge on my credit card, um, I was the type, like, I just thought, like, based on what they told me was, you get a credit card, you charge something on it, and you pay the minimum. That's it. You just pay the minimum each month, which can work in some cases, but it did not work in my case. Um, and I didn't know anything about credit utilization and um, statement close dates and due date. Like, I had no idea. So this coupled with the fact that I was working full-time and paying for my own education and commuting into the city, I really did not have the appropriate uh, debt-to-income ratio, but I had no idea what debt-to-income ratio is. And if there's anyone that's listening that doesn't know either, pretty much it means the amount of money I was making was not enough to cover the amount of bills that had to go out. So when you're off balance in that way, you're always going to be behind the eight ball and you're always going to be struggling because only one or two things can happen in that instance. You either have to make more money or eliminate some debt. Um, but I had no idea what debt to income ratio was at the time. And as a result, um, my credit got bad because I wasn't able to make the payments and it was just a downward spiral from there. That was my first introduction to credit and Honestly, I fucking blew it. Like, I felt like a complete and utter failure um, because I couldn't pay it. And as with anything else, you have a fear. Like, when you can't pay for something, like when I say it went bad, it went so bad to like 500 credit score. I had a 500 credit score at one point in my life. And I think it was right there, like ending high school, no, like early college. Yeah, I think it was around there, but I had a 500 something credit score and um, it was pretty bad and it was pretty embarrassing and fear, you know, which is a big thing that um, I want to talk about um, will also impact your conversation around finances, especially when you know you're not doing something well, 
you don't want to talk about that shit. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about finances. I don't want to talk about who I owe. I don't want to talk about anything because I know I'm bombing at it. And that was a thing. But luckily now, um, there's so many resources that we have available that can help us when it comes to our finances. Um, that is almost imperative. Like if we don't take advantage of the things that we have. Um, and so some of the things that I learned were from mentors and people that helped me along the way. Um, and there are also some things that I discovered on my own just um, using the resources that I had available to myself. Um, luckily, I was able to get myself out of the 500 um, credit score, um, build my credit up to the mid 700s. Um, and that was huge for me because financial security uh, is something that's really important to me. And I worked my ass off to get to the point where I can get my credit um, where I'm comfortable with it um, is not quite like where I wanted to be in the eights, <laughs> um, but it will be there soon. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully I can share some of the things that helped me get my shitty credit score and kind of manage my finances a lot better. Um, and hopefully it can help someone because there's a lot of things that our parents did not tell us about finances and as an adult you see how that shows up with poor spending habits because there's nothing as sad to see um than going out to dinner and you're sitting down with someone whose handbag is like five thousand dollars and they can't pay for food and the reality is everyone wants to look the part, but there's a lot of people walking around with uh, $5,000 handbags and they don't even have $5,000 saved for a rainy day. There's a lot of people walking around here with 100,000 Instagram followers and don't even have $1,000 in case of emergency. Like that's just the fat and the skinny of it all. Um, it's sad, but it's absolutely true that there, those things do exist. And we have to get comfortable with talking about money and finances. And hopefully this helps someone. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pause right here so that we can talk about the ways that we can fix our credit in part two. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening.